Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. All right, welcome in everybody to a live edition of the State of the Nation podcast. We are obviously here to discuss the Raiders release of Derek Carr. I'm Jimmy Durkin, got the whole crew here together, Vic for Tashawn Reed, Ted Wynn. The news coming down on Tuesday that we had expected for a couple of days, uh, really we knew uh, Super Bowl Sunday morning that Derek Carr was not going to get traded and that, uh, as we'd known for a while, if they hadn't been able to find a, a way to make a trade for him, they were going to release him and that is what happened here on Tuesday. Uh, they'll save, but over 29 million in salary cap space. They don't get a draft pick back for him. And I know for a lot of people, that's it's going to bother them. Um, Vic, you kind of laid out on Monday why uh, why that didn't really bother you. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, they kind of took a shot. They had, um, you know, coming off a playoff win, a playoff appearance, you have a you know, new regime, you get to quarterback. They can't really make a move then. They wanted to give him a shot. They looked at the film. They thought um, they could work with Derek and they could have uh, – a good year with him. They got Devontae Adams, the kind of the old friendship, the old buddies from college. So it was all systems go, and it didn't work out. They gave themselves an out in the contract in exchange for the no-trade clause, and, and that's where we are. So I, I think it um, worked out okay. I think it's a fresh start for Derek, a fresh start for the Raiders, and a little exciting, I think, for Raider fans at, at this point. A lot of people are kind of making a big deal of not getting nothing for Derek Carr. You know, they don't get a comp pick. Um, and obviously a trade didn't work out, but at the end of the day, they struck the contract the way they, they did it. They did so they could get out relatively easy. There's no dead cap money. I mean, we, we, we've seen what happened with, um, you know, some veteran quarterbacks like Matt Ryan, where, you know, it's impossible to move him because of this huge dead cap and the team ended up taking that huge, you know, dead cap. Um, so they, they get to move on from Derek Carr, um, scot-free, relatively scot-free. And um, you know, that's the way it goes. And like Vic said, you know, when you look at it in context, they genuinely tried to give this a shot, but they didn't like what they saw and they, they thought it was time to move in a new direction. And they have the capital to do that cap-wise and draft-wise. Yeah, I'm kind of on the other side of the equation. Like, I, I think I'd feel different if, you know, Derek Carr was like a bad quarterback, but I still think he's a good quarterback, you know, down year and all. Um, like, I, I think he's too good of a quarterback to lose for nothing without it being an issue. Like, for me, I can't just, like, give him a free pass for that. Um, you know, and, and, you know, some people speculate, like, would, would Derek Carr have played basically on a, you know, expiring contract last season? And there's some, you know, some debate about that. But, I mean, they had traded for Devontae Adams uh, by the time he signed his extension. They'd already made some moves throughout the roster, like, and I'm just kind of, it's hard, hard for me to see Derek Carr not showing up to work um, to play last season 
you know, even if they didn't give him this no trade clause in his contract. And so I get why they did it, you know, to try to avoid issues and anybody being upset or things of that nature. But, you know, they still you know have to own own the blame for, for putting themselves in this situation ultimately and, and getting nothing for, you know, not just a good player, but a quarterback. Uh, you know, a fringe. You know, I guess you depending on where, where you stand on them, a top fifteen quarterback. Like that's that's a that's a bad loss for me. Like obviously, it's you know they're still in a good position. You know, because they have a bunch of cap space and a, and a bunch of draft picks to go get a replacement. But it, it's still a negative at the end of the day for me. Yeah, I mean the way the new CBA is, I mean it's a, basically impossible to hold out. I mean you're you're getting fined, I think fifty thousand dollars a day if you hold out. That's why everybody does the new hold in where they show up but they don't work out. It just as a quarterback, I, I don't know that I, I don't see Derek Carr have pulling that off. Um, so, I mean, I, I do get the, the side of like, how do you not get anything when you see bad quarter? You see Carson Wentz like two years in a row be able to recoup value for his team. But I, I do think, you know, the, in the kind of the perspective that, that Vic and, and Ted mentioned, you don't get a draft pick back, but the compensation that you do get back for losing Derek Carr is the fact that you do have a clean salary cap. I mean, all those other guys, typically when they get traded, there is that large dead cap hit that they take. And we're talking 30 million, you know, 30, 30 million plus salary uh, dead cap hit. Um, right. Is it? It's 5.8. And is that, is that two free agents, three free agents? Um, you know, so yeah, I guess that's the one way to look at it is that is their compensation. The way they worked out this deal is they they were able to secure the fact that they are going to go into this free agency period they need a quarterback, but they have the cap space to have a lot of flexibility, whether that's working out a trade for, you know, we've talked about the Aaron Rodgers thing, you know, whether that's, you know, whatever they really want to do going into the draft free agency, they, they have all options on the table because of the fact that they're not taking a huge dead cap hit. Yeah, like it, basically my takeaway is it could be a lot worse. That's the bright side. <laughs> like it's still not a good outcome, but it, but it could be worse. So, um, you know, they have options. Um as, as you mentioned, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, you know, we'll see what happens with Lamar Jackson on the free agency market. You got Jimmy G out there, a few other guys that make sense. Um, the draft, um, obviously, with them picking number seven overall, there's a chance somebody could fall to them there or, you know, they have the, the draft capital to move up and get somebody. So they're not stuck, you know, so it's not like a situation where they're going to have a bum at quarterback next year and there's nothing they can do about it. Like they can there's ways they can navigate it this offseason. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I, I, know, I know there's been like some reports linking Jimmy G to the Raiders. I don't know if that's because there's actual noise or it's just because Jimmy G played for Josh McDaniels, but I can't imagine a receiver like Devontae Adams would be too happy with Jimmy G at quarterback just because he has not thrown deep. Like, he does not throw deep, and that's just not me saying he doesn't throw deep because it, you know, it doesn't look like he has a great arm, but if you just look at the stats, he doesn't throw deep, and a big part of Devontae Adams' game is – being able to win deep and, you know, getting those back shoulder fades. Um, so I, I just don't think Jimmy G makes a ton of sense in this version of Josh McDaniels offense. I know, um, you know, obviously if that happens, he's going to adjust the offense to Jimmy. But, you know, when you have a receiver like Devontae Adams, I just feel like you need a guy that is able to stretch the field a little bit. But I, I know we'll get more into quarterback options later, but um, I just thought I'd say that just because, I, you know, there's been some links to Jimmy G. I mean, Garoppolo's a downgrade. Just say what it is. He, he'd be a downgrade. I mean, yeah, he's and and he's a you know durability risk. Um, so yeah, I, it might happen, but I, 
doesn't does not like if that's the answer to getting rid of Derek Carr, I, I don't think that's that's the answer you want it to be. Yeah, but I mean, it kind of depends what you do elsewhere. Like if you build up the defense and the offensive line to where you have a better team, like they they could win more than six games, you know, next season. Um, and like you know, I mean, Derek Carr has been better than Jimmy G for a while, but Jimmy G has a lot, has had a lot more team success because he's you know he's had better parts around him. Like it's not because you know, Jimmy G is, is better than Derek Carr, obviously. I don't think any of us think that. And so uh, if, if they go that route, you know, uh, I would guess they're, you know, the, the logic would be, you know, we make the defense better with the savings. We build up the offensive line. We keep, you know, the the promising offensive skill talent that we have. And, and maybe we're a better team next year, even if they make a, a downgrade at, at quarterback. You know, I can I can kind of see that logic. Um, I, I still don't think it's like an exciting replacement for Carr, but it could end up working out from a team success standpoint, which is, you know, obviously what, what matters in the long run. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'll be Jimmy G, but I think we saw last year with Stidham when he came in, just having a quarterback who has that command of the system and obviously there's a confidence that McDonald's had in Stidham. You can see some of the play calls last year. I think that would be why he may not be a downgrade from Derek Carr just because of that knowledge of the system and his history with, with Josh McDaniels. But that's why I would think it might be a possibility, but I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying – I can see where it's, it's it's something that could happen. Yeah, I, I have no faith in them building up. I, I mean, I think they better be able to in this offseason improve the defense, but like improve it enough to where you're not relying on that offense to to carry you. I just I, the good defenses in this league are built up through the draft, and the Raiders have one good defensive player that they have drafted, and like there's just there's not even. Other guys that are like solid rotation. I mean, they have one great defensive player that they drafted and then a bunch of dudes. Um, and so I, I, it, it just feels like this defense is at least three years away from being, uh, you know, from, from even having the chance to be you know, a top 15, top 10 unit, um, because that's how long it takes to, to be able to stack up those those good drafts where you where you have the, yeah. that kind of talent. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think the defense is going to be good next year. Like, definitely not. But I just mean, like, in terms of, because, like, if they sign Jimmy G, I imagine it'd be a multi-year deal. It's not going to be, like, a one-and-done, probably. So maybe, you know, their vision is two or three years, you know, build up the, the defense and build up the offensive line to where the team is better. Like, I, I think at this point it's kind of like – like, obviously they want to win next year, but I think it's pretty clear this is going to be a multi-year thing before they're ready. I mean, you can just listen to how Dave Ziegler was talking when I interviewed him at, at the Senior Bowl, like, didn't sound like they think they they're about to like go on a Super Bowl run or anything like that next year. So, um, as as much as I'm sure fans are tired of hearing that shit, like it's it's more of a rebuild than it is, uh, you know, pushing their chips in. Yeah, I, I keep want to bring it, bring up that the the fact that historically defenses fluctuate, and uh, but then for the Raiders <laughs> it doesn't fluctuate. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they're the only team in the league where the defense does not fluctuate. They stay bottom three no matter what. So, yeah, it's tough to have faith that they're going to put together a good defense. Um, but, I mean, just as far as quarterback plan, to me, it seems likely that they just stick with, you know, maybe they re-sign Stidham and draft a guy at number seven or or um, even, you know, trade trade up to get one of the bigger-name quarterbacks. But, I mean, the more I watch the guy, the more I, I, I'm good with the idea of even drafting Anthony Richardson at seven and taking that shot. All right, let's head over and uh, let's talk to some people. Uh, we're going to bring on, uh, we'll start with Jay. Jay. What's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. 
Awesome. First off, uh, happy Valentine's Day. Did you guys get each other uh, something? Oh, man, we forgot. No, nah, I hate them all. I hate them. The, the, that. The, um, the, the Raiders sent a nice Valentine to uh, Derek Carr. I don't know. I'm a I'm a Derek Carr fan. I'm all for it. So hopefully he goes somewhere and uh, and kills it. Um, but okay, I'm gonna come at you guys as a uh, NFL script writer. Um, you tell me what you think. This year's first seven seven uh, seventh overall, right? Seventh overall. Uh, next year's first, Darren Waller, and we'll throw in a fifth or something. We send that over to uh, Gunther Goons, and we get a Rod. Go all in this year. Win the Super Bowl. Next year's first is uh, basically a second-round pick, and uh, it's going to be in Vegas. I mean, it has all the makings of a perfect script. That is a hefty, hefty, hefty price for a guy that might just play a, a year coming off a down year. All in. I, I'm the biggest. Can you repeat it again. You said so. The first round pick this year, Darren first Waller. Round pick next year, Darren Waller, and, and a fifth. A fifth or some some throwaway pick that we can uh, get rid of. Don't we have uh, top five cap space that we can build through? Also, they're going to act as kind of how Tom Brady did when he went to the Bucks, and he's going to be recruiting between him, Max, Josh. Devontae, we start recruiting uh, some big-time players who want to come play and, and win this year. Ring chasing. Well, yeah, I think that just requires them like to think they're a lot closer than it sounds like they think they are. Like I don't think they they don't. It doesn't seem like a team where they think. I mean, Ziggler quite literally said like they're not a move or two away from contending for a Super Bowl. And if you're not going to contend for a Super Bowl, why? Why? Like, what is the point of that? Like, it'll be good, but if the defense still sucks and the offensive line is an issue, like. It would just be like a first-round exit or something like that, maybe second round if, if they want a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, I think the mistake they made this year was that they assumed that they were a lot closer than they actually are. So, you know, I don't know if they want to go down that road again. But I do think that, you know, if you do make a move for Rodgers, I mean, I, I'm sure they're going to make a – they'll probably make an offer, but I think you have to be reasonable with that offer. I honestly think the seventh pick is too high of a price for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, oh. he, he's he he's what thirty eight, and he's contemplating retirement in a dark room right now. So you're gonna pay the seventh overall pick for a potential one year of Aaron Rodgers, where you know to a team that will take a lot for you to get into Super Bowl contention. Just getting Rodgers here doesn't put you in, in, in Super Bowl contention. You, you have to make a lot of other moves around that too, and you know that seventh pick will. Uh, would be necessary to make one of those moves. So to me, I think if an offer was made, it should be centered on next year's first-round pick, and I, I wouldn't put Darren Waller in that package either. All right, so another disappointing year for the Raider fans. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, man, nice shot, though. I like it. You took your shot. I respect that. I like it. All right, appreciate it. Later. All right, thanks, Jay. All right, we're going to go over now to uh, Naveed K. What's going on? What's going on, boys? Yeah, probably delayed because I'm calling from London. Um, oh, great. I hope, I hope you all will. Uh, yeah, just a, I guess it's a, a few thoughts. So with the seventh overall pick, obviously our defense over the last, what, 20 years now has been absolutely dog shit. Uh, actually, can, I, <laughs> can I swear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're fucking dog shit then, if I can swear. <laughs> um, and then I guess with that seventh overall pick, if CJ Stroud is there, uh, do they take him, or do you guys have a feeling they'll they'll probably have a stopgap like Stidham or Garoppolo, and potentially draft a a project like Anthony Richardson? Because I guess with him, sky's the limit. 
if we're competing with like Mahomes and and Herbert every what twice twice a twice a year now with those guys, do you think they'll probably opt to go for a potential developmental player that has the pretty much like no ceiling, or do you think they'll go with like a safer option if a CJ Stroud is there? I think the notion of going for Aaron Rodgers, I think, is too much. We have too many holes to be able to invest too much, but like draft picks and stuff. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think you look, do your homework and do these top four guys in the draft. You pick one if it's Stroud. I mean, probably Bryce Young is probably going to be too high, I'm guessing, in this draft. You can't move up that high. But I think you can move up from seven to go to four or five if you have to and get get a guy. Get a guy who you like the best. And if you have to, like, get a quarterback in who can play a little bit, fine. But ideally, these three guys, the top three guys in the draft, are good enough you can plug them in. There's enough talent on this offense around these guys that can help them develop quicker. Uh, to me, that's the plan. I would not be trading picks for Aaron Rodgers. He's too old. I would rather go knock on Tom Brady's door and beg him to come back and do that. So, to me, it's a, it's a draft pick. Uh, first round quarterback is, is the answer for me. Yeah, I would be kind of nervous about just sitting at seven. Like, because you – I mean, off rip, the Texans are taking a quarterback. The Colts are going to take a quarterback at number four or if they move up. And then you have, you know, teams right behind the Raiders. The Falcons at number eight. The Panthers at number nine. Uh, and, and a couple others a little bit further back, like the, the Titans at 11 or the, or the Jets at 13 that could potentially make a trade up. And so like if the, if the board ends up falling and they have a couple guys still available, you know, and, and it looks like it's going to be one still on the board, that's fine. But I think they're, they're going to have to at least explore potentially trading up, um, unless they just like all four guys and think either one of them, you know, I don't think they've determined that yet. You know, but obviously the combine hasn't happened yet. Um, so they're, they're pecking order. Um, still seems to be fluid at this point in terms of the rookie quarterbacks. So, um, you know, part of it is, is going to be feel and how the, how, the, how the board plays out. But with all the quarterback needy teams that, that they have in the draft this year um, that are kind of in range to maybe leap over the Raiders or, the, or they're already ahead of them, I think it'd be a little, a little tricky if they just sit there at seven, especially, um, like you said, let's say they re-sign Jared Stidham. I know that. I know y'all fuck with Jared Stidham now, like after after the two games, but like I think we need to relax just a little bit. Like you know, like in terms of rolling into the season with him as a, as a full-time starter being a good option, that seems a little, little shaky for me. No. Uh, so, <laughs> I, so I see what you're saying about Stidham. It's not I'm not like a Stidham fanboy, but it's just like it, it's my worry that we're gonna like, like just the, the thought of Aaron Rodgers and how much we'll invest. It, it that that scares me. Because it's like with with McDaniel's, I have quite a lot of confidence that I feel as if he could potentially develop a guy, which we I don't think we've had for a long time. Gruden was a was a was a fugazi. I don't I don't believe that guy is a quarterback guru. So I think with McDaniel's, I think we may potentially be in a good position where we have someone that could develop. But again, we're Raiders, man. We've been fucking up for twenty years, no matter who's been at the helm as the owner, head coach, or GM. What is the exact definition of uh, fugazi? Uh, I don't even know. I'm Iranian. <laughs> my 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 parents are Iranian, so I have no idea. But I think Italian is like Italian Americans say for something that's bullshit or something. I don't know. I, I like that. I, I'm gonna use it in a uh, scouting report one day. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think it's from the Sopranos. But yeah, don't don't take it from an Iranian from from London. Yeah, but I think it's like an Italian American for like bullshit or something. But now I appreciate the time, guys. I. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, that Raider. But yeah, we appreciate it. And also go check out Tishan Reed's uh, new podcast, man. Good shit. Appreciate you. Thank you. Awesome, man.
All right, we are going to head over now to Drew T. Real quick shout out to Ted. Uh, I remember when you were Raiders analysis on Twitter before you were uh, uh, recruited by the Athletics. So I just want to give a shout out to you for being a true fan and uh, following your dreams and making it come true. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, my question is going to be, have the last two games and then the subsequent series of the playoffs and the Super Bowl maybe change the vision of what a Super Bowl contender is? Because it seems like heavy offenses can just overcome defenses. Scheming, Andy Reid, what he uh, what he does with his motions and everything. It doesn't. It seems like it doesn't matter how good you are. The, I mean, the, the Eagles had 70 freaking sacks, and they couldn't touch Mahomes. Um, so do the Raiders just double down and say, you know what? Let's maybe get some splash plays on defense, but let's build an offense that's going to score 30-plus a game. Yeah, I, I no, agree with I you. Think- I, th- I think the rules are skewed to a way that um... – a great offense will be over, over, able to overcome a great defense. And I, I didn't think that way before. I used to think, you know, a great defense will always trump a great um, offense. And I think the last year that happened was in 2015 when the, the Broncos beat the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl. I, I just don't think that's the case anymore. I just think you have a great quarterback. You have a great offensive schemer. Uh, the rules are too tough on the defense. I mean, you know, even if you had a great stop, you hit the quarterback too hard, you're getting flagged 15, they're, they're, they're getting a first down, you know, or – you know, you have the legal contact holding. There's just too much for a defense to overcome. Uh, but that being said, you know, I, I don't think you totally just ignore the defense. You know, you still have to build a great defense uh, to get to the Super Bowl, and you, you want to make it tough on the offense to have to scheme, have to think of ways to, to beat you. And, you know, I do think the Eagles' defense would have performed better if it wasn't for the field conditions, which I think was a factor in the Super Bowl. Their pass rush just couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes against a, a good but not elite Chiefs offensive line. So um, I, I still think you need, you need to get pass rushers, you need to get cornerbacks and um, build a defense up. But I, I do agree with the sentiment that a great offense does trump a great defense in today's era. Yeah, I think there's limits on it. Like, because even the Chiefs, you know, they have obviously the offense is amazing, but their defense was still like league average in terms of scoring defense. And a big part of that game. Was they they outside of Jalen Hurts, they really stonewalled the Eagles' run game, and, and you know that's being obviously being able to stop the run, even in this pass happy happy lead. If you're able to make a team more one dimensional, like obviously the Eagles still put up a lot of points, but they had to play in a way that they didn't want to. You know the Chiefs were able to to dictate the game in a sense from that standpoint, and so I think at the very least you need you know a strong defensive line that can rush the passer and stop the run because that can kind of cover up if you have some issues in the secondary. Um, if, if your pass rush gets home quickly, you know, you kind of, you know, hide that a little bit or if you have some linebacker issues. But um, and, and also, like, speaking to the Raiders, like, your defense can't be ass, which, like, their defense is. So, like, you can't, you can't just have, like, a terrible defense. Even if you have – even if the Chiefs had – I mean, we've seen it. You know, the Chiefs have had basically the best offense in the league and, and then years where their defense was bad, they lost. You know, and so you can only overcome that even, even if you have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. You know, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, you know, in years past, like, there's limits on it for sure. So, like, I think you have to be at a certain benchmark defensively before you start operating that way. And, and the Raiders just haven't reached that point. Um, and they haven't been there, you know, 
like 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 a last man said for like twenty years. So yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. Um, you have to have an elite offense and at least a middling defense. It seems like to even compete. All yeah, right, Drew, appreciate. Let's get around, get around, you know, 16th to 20th. It doesn't have to be elite if you have a, an elite offense, but, you know, the, the Raiders haven't got close to there since 2016. That's what we've been saying every offseason. Just get to middle. Just get to the middle, and they uh, they can't do it. <laughs> We're going to head over to Brad A. We'll try to get on as many people as we can. Brad, what's going on? Hey, how are you guys? Good. Good. I appreciate, I appreciate all your writing. You guys do a great job. I wanted, to, I wanted to chat with you guys about, First off, the Aaron Rodgers thing, um, as much as uh, we'd love to have him, we can ill afford to give up any picks for him because we're not one player away. And we can thank um, Gruden and Mayock for, for that <laughs> with all those misses in the first round. Um, and we had a chance to get Aaron back when he, was a, when he was coming out in the draft. Remember, I think it was Fabian Washington we took before him. I'm sure you guys recall. Yep, yep. Um, sore subject, I understand. But anyway, <laughs> so I think we're – I was really impressed with Jarrett Stidham. I mean, 500 yards of total offense in his first start going against what was at the time the top defense in the league. I thought he played fantastic. And uh, the following week, not as well, but he they also uh, – Alex Bars was a revolving – turnstile up front for uh for jones coming through there so he had nowhere to go and that but i think he plays with a lot of heart i mean i, I just think he's being overlooked what do you guys think about that right i thought it was pretty common. Really, i thought he's like a he's hold, like on, a hold on hold on hold on hold on like come on he's a nice guy he's a nice guy like he's good like he did a good backup thing like needed to step in for a game or two and be solid let's He's not no. He's like a real poor man's Brett Favre, man. I think he's Brett exciting. Favre. I think I'm not real, real, real poor man. Oh hey man, I'm just saying he's got some swagger to him. He has some. He's live arm. I'm, I'm not saying he's the guy, but if you're not going to get a quarterback in the first round, if you're going to get a guy second or third round, and want him to develop a little bit, I think to them for a year is fine. I think you give him a chance. I think the the fans have the offense will be uh, productive. I'd imagine it won't be bad offense. You work on the defensive guys. The rest of the draft, and you get a guy you can develop over the course of a year or two, and that's my that's my plan B. Plan A for me is get a quarterback early, but plan B, I think, if you got like a guy second or third round, do that, get to them back, and, and give him a year. Yeah, if they do that, they'd be in the, the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. That's what they'll be looking towards next season if that's the ends up being the plan. Like I just, I, it's hard to imagine them being a serious team next next season if that's the the route they're going. Well, I mean, I think if you go into next season having him like he's your week one starter and he's going to play, you know, the first half of the season as as your as your rookie gets acclimated. I'm fine with that. Um, And if he surprises you and is better than you think, give him the year, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, he's not a guy you that you sign and say, okay, like we're we're done here. We're, We're set. Well, first of all, there, there there is no poor man's Brett Favre because Brett Favre steals from the poor. But oh, um, <laughs> but that's a good point. Good point. Well, um, well done. But good. I, I would, I would say Jared Stidham played well enough for you to possibly give him or possibly see want to see more of him. You know, but it's a short sample size, and in that sample size, there was a lot of high variance type of plays that could, and you know, were like fifty fifty. It could end up good or bad. So. 
high variance and you know some of those high variance plays didn't hit in that Kansas City game. So I just think the sample size on Stidham was very small, but I, I do think that you know if he played well enough for you to put him in consideration for a stopgap guy, and like Jimmy said, you know maybe a guy who holds the uh, mantle for until a rookie's ready to play. Um, but you know I wouldn't be too encouraged to think like oh maybe this guy's a future star or anything. Yeah, there's a small sample size, obviously. You know, with his, that was his first start, but I, what I saw was someone that actually had heart and actually didn't play scared, unlike the one that we had after Christmas Eve of 20, was it 2016? And also, we can ill afford to give up picks because we need to draft well. And and we can't really say that this new regime isn't going to draft well. I mean, I, we didn't have a pick until the third round, you know, and Parham did a, a nice job. I think he'll do an even better job at center. What do you guys think about that? I mean... Like they gotta get a, they gotta get a new quarterback this offseason. Like it doesn't have to be like the final solution, you know, final answer or whatever. But like, right, you know, if they sign, let's say, you know, like like even, I'd be fine with Jimmy G, like or somebody better than Jared Stidham that's a, that's a veteran um, out there. And like, if you don't, if you stay at seven, for example, and all the quarterbacks you like are gone, like you shouldn't just take one just because, especially you know, with next year projected to be a strong class. Um, and them having that leeway, it's not like they're, their jobs are going to be in danger next season. So they don't have to get a long-term answer this offseason. Like, obviously, that would be ideal. Um, you know, with them already paying, you know, some guys a lot of money, like, like you know, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, et cetera. But, you know, uh, there is a scenario where, you know, it ends up how the cards fall is better for them to, to push it to next season. But I still think you, you need a certain level of baseline play that, that from the position that's hired in Stidham when you're invested like they are in, in certain players, like they can't, they can't really like tank with this team. Like, I guess they could, like obviously they were a six win team last year, but a lot of that was injuries, I think. Um, and, I, and I think they will get somewhat better. Like the defense and offensive line with the amount of money and draft picks that they have, like you, you would, you, you, know, you would hope so in theory. Um, and so they're going to kind of be in this weird middle ground point. I think if they don't get like a, you know, a top flight name or a big name rookie this off season, but, um, you know, there's definitely a, a, a world where they push it down the line. I don't want to make it seem like they got to get a dra- guy in the draft right now or they got to go get Aaron Rodgers or, or it's a failure. But um, instead of, I feel like he's just a backup. You know, like if he can step in occasionally, that's, that's fine. But if you're going into the season with that as your only viable starter, I think it's going to be a rough year for you and you're going to have some, some people in the building um, on the roster side that aren't too happy. I argue you can't wait a year. I argue like you have um, you got Max Crosby and Devontae Adams, two of the top you know thirty players in the league. Josh Jacobs, if he's back, is also in that group. So yeah, guys, you kind of wasted a year of their primes this past year. So I'm not sure they can waste another year of their primes. You need a plan, and whether you get a quarterback in the first seven picks or you get one in round two when you have to sit them kind of and keeping it going until that guy's ready. You gotta need a, you need a plan now that that, that kind of attacks uh, <clears throat> the rest of the league. I can't see just waiting a year and hoping to get a quarterback next year. I think you got to have a, an answer this year going forward to the rest of the team. And you, you build around these guys you have and have, have some hope to turn the corner faster rather than later. There's way too many holes on the roster and lack of depth to draft anything but best player available. Um, so I think they need to address that and draft, you know, accordingly. Like, uh, Jalen Carter – I 
I kind of like Joey Porter, honestly, at seven. I think he would be a cornerstone there. And then be able to use that money that we have to make key free agent signings like a Hassan Reddick or a James Bradbury or something like that, like the Eagles did last year. Chandler Jones obviously was – it was a whiff in my opinion, but <laughs> we have next year. Who knows? Maybe he can turn it around next year. But they really need to take advantage of that and, and kind of follow the model that Hallie Roseman's done, <laughs> really. I think he's done yeah, a great. I mean, yeah, you've got you've got to build it up through through the draft pick and and you know and, and those right targeted free agents and you can't just you're not going to make over that whole defense by going out and using all that that cap space on free agents. It it's got to be it's got to be built up through the draft and that usually takes a few years. Um, so you just you, you hope if you're a Raiders fan that this year this draft that they get two two defensive starters out of this draft, um, two guys that are that are pretty good. Um, you know, at least one guy that, that looks like a cornerstone player and, and another uh, another starter and, and another couple of players who can contribute, at least in year one. Um, I think and we know that last year they did they traded away their best draft draft capital for Devonta Adams. But, you know, the fact that guys like Samir White, Neil, um, you know, Neil Farrell, uh, Matthew Butler, those mid round picks, like, like those weren't high draft capital. But the fact that they had like, essentially no role as a rookie. I think it has to be disappointing that, I mean, that, that rookie class barely played. Um, and so we really don't know what, what this, what this regime is capable of doing in the draft because uh, in year one, we didn't really see much of their guys. Especially the two defensive tackles. That was really frustrating yeah. because there wasn't any, any, wasn't a good sample size up with what they had. So yeah, that was frustrating. All right, Brad, we appreciate it, man. Of course. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And head over now to Kyle P. Hey, I wanted to talk about a couple potential paths for the, uh, for the Raiders next year. I'm wondering if Rodgers could maybe take a little bit of a page out of the Derek Carr book. I know he doesn't have the no-trade clause, but... No one's going to trade for Rodgers um, if he doesn't want to go exactly there. No one wants that headache on their head. So everyone's saying it's going to take all this high draft capital to get Rodgers, but the relationship is so bad there, they're not going to keep him no matter what. There's only about two or three teams in the AFC that kind of make sense for him to potentially win now. Uh, if he puts his foot down and says, I don't want to go there, I mean, wh- they got to cut bait, right? They, it, it might end up, they have to be forced to take a bag of dicks for him or cut him for, and eat all the dead cap for nothing. No, they, there's no way in hell they're cutting their <laughs> Okay, un- <laughs> under- understood, understood, like but I mean. Like a hundred billion dollar bid hit, they wouldn't be able to make a team. But is it possible that they don't get? The, the multiple first that everyone thinks they'd be looking for because why why wouldn't Rodgers make it easier on his new team and be the diva that he's been this whole time and and uh and and force their hand? No, I, I mean think, it's, I think might not it, get two first for him, but um, I also wouldn't rule out him going back. Like I don't think Packers, do, the Packers want him back, but they're open to trading yeah. him. Yeah, so I don't think it's like fractured. Like it's not like Derek Carr and Raiders in, in, by any stretch of the imagination. I see. And then I, I was wondering, do you guys think um, a rookie quarterback, if we take a rookie at seven or maybe even have to give up additional capital to move up, is there enough assets left to build a team around him that would make this team competitive this year? I'm thinking maybe even if it's like an Anthony Richardson who doesn't have it all put together yet, but if the team's strong enough around him, maybe you could just rely on the – the super athlete that he that he is, a la maybe like a, a Jalen Hurts type deal. If the rookie clicks, if you like his impact player, then you kind of have the same plan he had last year. You try to outscore teams. I think you have a good enough offense where that's possible. So I think, and again, these guys around him, like Devontae Adams and Josh, and, and it is, the tight ends are really good. I think these guys around him can help him get better quicker. So again, it's all on the guy you pick. If you, if you, you do your homework, you find the guy you love, and you be able to make that that jump. But yeah, things are possible as far as upside and then getting things going quicker than, than, than later. Yeah, I think that the cap hit um, for a number seven overall pick is it's pretty low now, like with five, six million dollars, depending on how it's structured. Like, so you know, they would still have about let's say you know forty something million dollars in cap space. They could create some more cap space, and they have, as it stands, nine draft picks. They could get a couple day three comp picks, um, which will be awarded in March. So, like, yeah, if they have, like, the perfect offseason, like, if they, you know, get two new starters on the offensive line, get, get impact players at all three levels of the defense, you know, through some savvy free agency signings and big hits in the draft, like, it's possible. Like, you know, it's not – you can't rule it out, but it's probably not likely um, just because of the breadth of their needs. Like, you could literally say they need a contributor at every single position on the entire defense. They need a tackle, they need at least one guard, maybe two guards. Um, you know, so that's just that's just a lot to like get everything right in one off season. Like I guess we could say we've seen it before, but um, it doesn't doesn't happen very often. 
let me sneak one more in there. Uh, all things Mac Jones. Is it is it possible? What would it take? Uh, I mean, McDaniels obviously likes him, right? He took him to the the playoffs as a as a rookie, and he got to be better than Jimmy G. I'm I'm here in the Bay Area, man. Jimmy G is trash. I mean, I don't uh, see why the Patriots would trade Mac Jones. Did something come out that we missed? <laughs> I mean, I think he had a down year, but I mean, a lot of people would have down years with Matt Patricia calling plays. Um, and the Patriots knew they made a mistake and fired Matt Patricia. So I think they realized that the OC was the problem, not Mac Jones. So I don't see a world where they do they do trade him. Gotcha. All right. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Kyle. This is a quarterback universe. Everybody wanted, man. Everybody wanted Derek Carr going. I got Jerry. Bringing Mac Jones. Mac Jones, Jimmy G. <laughs> if you if you played for the Patriots or or for uh, Josh McDaniels at one time, you can come here. Kobe Brissett. Kobe Brissett. Yep. There, there we go. go. There we go. Yeah, I'm gonna try to click on Stephen B and see uh, if that uh, creates any magic. There we go. Hi guys. Hey. Steve. Um. Um. We already had an English uh, nation fan uh, use a lot of bad language, so I love your stuff, guys. But um. A couple of questions. Um, I'm just wondering how much you think economics are a limiting factor for Raiders. Um, given, you know, Mark Davis's economic situation, I think I'm correct in saying Raiders have never actually paid anyone a big signing bonus. You know, we're always on a pretty year-by-year deal with our players. So if we had drafted Jalen Hurts, my my scenario is that we'd be struggling to sign him to a new deal. So I'm just wondering for your thoughts on the fact that the the economics of, you know, the Davis family own less than 50% of Raiders. I don't actually understand how the succession is going to work, you know, with Carl and tax and whatever. But I'm just interested in you guys' thoughts on the, basically the economics and especially with quarterbacks. I'm going to hit mute on Steven, just FYI, because you got a lot of static coming in the background. So whenever you weren't talking, uh, of a ton of static. So, Steven, we've got you muted for now while we uh, answer your question. Yeah, I just I, like I said, I think Vic is best to answer this overall question. But I will say that if the Raiders drafted Jalen Hurts, he wouldn't be Jalen Hurts. <laughs> man, why do you got to do that, man? Damn. That's I mean, mean. You, you would trust whatever has happened with the Raiders, you know, to build the uh, – Offense and the good team around him. I don't know, but um, that's probably a fair point. But I think the economics, I'll say this. I think I'm told every year, I think they get a little more flush. I know it's been a concern in the past, the cash flow. I'm not going to have X amount of dollars, but I think COVID sent them back in the new market in Vegas. But now that stadium is going to be always sold out. They're kind of printing money now at this point. So I think uh, from my understanding is that it'll be less of a factor in terms of um, being a hindrance going forward. I think you'll see probably larger bonuses going forward and, and more ability to get guys uh, to, to big money deals. Yeah, see, so it's not quite a bad thing when the stadium gets a lot of fans from other other teams because, you know, they're flushing the Raiders and getting these signing bonuses bigger for the future. They're flushing the Raider fans because the Raider fans bought those <laughs> at face value and then they're selling them to other people. So uh, Raider fans are at least getting hooked up with some money, the ones that, that bought those tickets. Isn't it crazy? We we are talking about a billionaire, talking about his financial situation. <laughs> is he? I don't know. Is he a billionaire? Uh, I don't, I don't, or, I don't uh, think. A very rich man. Yeah. Anyway, I think he got some money. Yeah. NFL is crazy. Yeah. I mean, by the – 
you would think I, I've always kind of figured by the end of the 2023 season, getting that Super Bowl there, this should kind of be like where he finally get, gets on, 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 you know, more even ground with some of the other owners around the league. And, um, and the signing bonuses is a, is a great way to kind of keep track of, of how flush with cast they, he is, you know, we talked about Derek Carr. He got a seven and a half million dollar signing bonus with his extension. Uh, Max Crosby was only like 13. Uh, Devonte Adams did get 19.25, um, Decent signing bonus, but I mean, you, you obviously see um, players get a lot bigger signing bonuses because that's able to, to kind of you're able to fudge the salary cap, uh, the larger bonuses you're able to get. So um, we'll see what, what happens uh, when free agency starts and uh, that'll get, be a good indicator. All right. Well, Stephen, we appreciate the question. Apologize. There was a bunch of static on your on, on your end um, when you weren't talking. So uh, we're going to move on. Uh, we'll try to we're going to go till about 430 Pacific. So about uh, another little over 10 minutes. So. Try to get to the the next four that are on the queue, um, starting with Joey M. I was just thinking about our defense, and, you know, obviously, it's like you guys said before, we can't fix it all in one year. Um, but what sort of free agents do you think that we should take a look at to at least get one or two of the guys to help um, give our uh, our defense a, a head start? And then, you know, obviously, with the draft, just hammered down on defense. But I was thinking, like, a Jesse Bates um, or, like, a Deron Payne, obviously, Deron Payne's going to be way more, but um, I don't know. I just, I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on who you guys think would be a good option. And I love those yeah, guys. Deron Payne and Jesse Bates, I think. Uh, you know, obviously, those are two top free agents and would be two major upgrades in um, position groups that the Raiders really need. Um, I think Draymond Jones uh, from the Broncos is another underrated free agent that I think could make a really big impact somewhere else, too. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the Raiders are going to have to hit on their free agents like they haven't hit before. And it's not all, you know, all those high impact or high price free agents. It's got to be those middle tier guys that can fill out depth too, because, you know, the Raiders uh, depth has, especially in the defense has been pretty poor um, for, for, for a long time now. I guess he just technically cost his team uh, a Super Bowl, but uh, maybe go try to reunite Patrick Brown with James Bradbury, cornerback. He had a, all pro year this year. He is 30 years old, so he's getting up there a little bit, but I think that also may make him a little bit cheaper, um, even coming off the tip of the year that he had to maybe some of the younger cornerbacks on the market. Um, obviously, he would be a huge upgrade um, you know, for them at that position, the premium position for them. That's familiar with the coaching staff and, and, and the scheme, um, and so uh, maybe he could be a fit if they can get him at the right number. Yeah, it's been, it's been frustrating as a fan, you know, the past few years – you know, it it seems like every free agent we sign, they just come here to die for some reason. And you would just hope that we finally like hit on a couple of these, and hopefully Patrick Graham could help bring some of these guys in to you know actually want to play for us. But yeah, thank you guys. All right, thanks, Joey. Going to jump on over to Ryan S. Now, curious what you guys think McDaniel's leash looks like next year. I mean, if they go and get a rookie quarterback, right? Obviously, that buys them at least in a third year. Um, but say they don't draft Richardson, they don't draft, move up and draft Stroud or uh, hopefully don't take Levis uh, and end up with a Jimmy G. I mean, if they're a four-win team next year, what do you guys think it looks like for McDaniels' third year? I guess what has to happen. Yeah, I, I agree with you. If, you. if you draft a quarterback early on, it gives you at least two more years, maybe even three more years because you're building the defense up. You can kind of take the long process and talk about building it the right way, yada, yada, yada. So I think that's why – 
if I'm him, I, I do that just because it buys me more time. But um, if you do go for the you know for the jugular and trying to get Aaron Rodgers, you make a big veteran signing, then you risk like you said if you have a losing year next year with a veteran quarterback who you paid good good coin to, then I think you might be in trouble. Then I think Mark Davis is like, wait a minute, I, I thought Derek Carr was the problem. Now I gave you whatever Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G, and we're still losing. That's when I think you kind of um, make yourself the the, the, the target. So I, that's why for me it makes sense for him to draft the quarterback and develop him and. Use your quarterback guru skills and, and take some time with it and do it the right way. Yeah, I mean, the sense that I've gotten from people is like they're not really, they don't feel like they're really in a position where they need to buy themselves time. I know that sounds crazy coming off a 6 11 season, but um, you know, I guess it's easy to say now, but um, it, I think it'd be, it's, it's kind of hard to see them clean the house again next season unless it's just like, just cataclysmic disaster, like like, you know, worst team in the league, like, you know, Broncos this past year or, or Jaguars the year before that, that type. It's so it's so rare for, for coaches to get fired that early in their tenure, especially when they're they're in a situation where there's been a lot of recent turnover. Um, obviously, Gruden wasn't really by choice. Like, they, they wanted to keep him, but still, it's, it's turnover nonetheless and money that they had to spend. Um, and I know we just got done talking about the cash flow, but That'd be a lot of bread that they had to come off of to let go of McDaniels and Ziggler and you know, in addition to hiring a new staff. And so it, it doesn't like I it, I wouldn't bank on it in terms of like uh, if you're a fan kind of waiting on your hands for, you know, McDaniels to get fired and start over again. Like it, it seems very unlikely that that could happen next season. Yeah, I understand. That wasn't how I was coming. Uh, not sitting on my hands waiting for him to get fired. I actually kind of on the side of needing to give a coach at least, I feel like, three years and a GM three years to, to build a team up, right? Um, piggybacking on that, though, do you think it's there is a scenario where Ziegler stays and McDaniels is gone? Or are they packaged both gone if one was to get fired? Depends. I mean, I guess if, they've, if you view, if you thought the roster, if you think the roster is good enough and they're being held back by something else, you know, this year, I guess you could say, well, I don't really think the roster is good enough this year. Um, they, they think Derek Beck held them back offensively, just as an example. So, like, next year, if they have a better roster and they feel like the coach is just severely holding them back, or maybe not even next year, but year three, if that happens, then maybe you see a situation where, okay, we believe that we have the right players or we have somebody that's picking personnel correctly, but our coach isn't getting it done. Or if it's vice versa, like, if you feel like you're, you're high on the coaching staff, but, the you know, personnel department just hasn't haven't given them what they need to succeed and so i think if you get one of those kind of split situations like that it, you know, maybe it's possible but like if they're just both bad like the roster sucks and the coaching staff sucks then you know i don't want to see a reason to keep one over the other um, so i think that's very dependent on what would happen you know and it's, it's kind of hard to say without seeing how it plays out we've only had obviously one off season um, and, then, and then one season. So I think it still needs to need some time. Like you said, you know, probably year three is around where you start to be able to tell, you know, how are they building the team? How are, how do they perform as coaches and things of that nature? Yeah. I would add that they're a package deal until they're not. I mean, you look at uh, everyone thought, you know, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams were a package deal and apparently they, they weren't. So I just think um, we're going to have ourselves, but at some point, you know, push comes to shove and you got to make some tough decisions. But um, so, yeah, they're definitely joined the hip right now, but, like Deshaun said, it all depends on what happens this year and next year as far as uh, developing the roster and getting wins and losses. Because um, I do think having Super Bowl here next year, they can't just stink it up. I think Mark Davis is not going to want that to happen as far as kind of being a laughingstock of the league. Like, oh, here they are with Devontae Adams and Max Crosby and hosting Super Bowl. 
Bentley Stadium and they still stink. So I think there is some pressure a little bit to get some results this year, at least be on the right track. Vic, are you saying at some point that a coach and a GM start pointing fingers at that was that was your draft pick, that was, that was my draft pick, and, and start uh, debating <laughs> de- debate who, who who picked who was in charge of a, a certain draft pick? Does, does that happen? I know it's hard to believe, but it can, in fact, happen. That definitely, wow. it, it, it can be a possibility. Never with the Raiders. Never happened here, right? No, it's a very, uh, <laughs> very straight up organization. No, no, no hanky panky here. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Ryan. All right. We'll try to get to a couple more here before we got to sign off. Uh, we're going to go to Joshua S. All right. So I'll, I'll meet right away. But so do you guys, you know, I want to talk about like running back a little bit with Josh Jacobs. Do you think if they franchise tag him, do you think that they're going to work to a long-term deal? And if they, you know, say they re-sign, you know, Denzel Perriman as well, what would the cap space look like? And, you know, would we have room to sign in a couple more free agents and work with the draft? You know, I feel like we're going to go defense for most of the draft outside of that seven pick. So kind of just want your thoughts on that. But I think we're running back, like, in terms of if they tag. I, I could see a scenario where they tag Jacobs and then work out an extension later just to keep him from being able to hit the market and, um, you know, drive his price up. Because um, he would probably get the non-exclusive franchise tag um, if, they, if they do tag him. That's, that's the tricky part. Like, if, if they franchise tag him exclusively to lock him up, it'd be a $16 million cap hit, which is pretty high. Um, and if they do the non-exclusive one, um, then it kind of opens him up to being able to negotiate with, with some other teams. And so it's, it's kind of a tricky situation the way he, when he was speaking on, on Super Bowl Row this past week, um, you know, he was saying, because when I asked him about it at Pro Bowl, he was like saying, hero turned villain, so it didn't sound like he'd be too happy about it. But then he said, you know, if it's like they have a loaded roster and they just franchise tag him for a year and, and, and you know, he can he can roll with that. Um, but you would just think like, you know, even financially, like it just, it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense to have a running back taking up, let's say, a ten to sixteen million dollar cap hit, depending on which franchise tag they use. Like it would just benefit them more to renegotiate, get his year one cap hit down, um, and spread it out a little bit. Especially if they are, you know, bolstering the roster in a way to where, um, you know, they're, they're kind of going for it a little bit more. Um, repairman, I think it's, I don't know, it feels like he his days as a Raider might be a little bit numbered. I mean, he's, he's on the wrong side of 30. He's had a lot of injury history. He's coming off a pretty significant injury this season. He didn't play as well this season as last season in a new scheme. Um, you know, and, and they kind of have opportunity to reset that position a little bit. Um, I think Devon Diablo is probably the only guy coming back that's going to be a part of the, the rotation that's under contract right now. And so um, I wouldn't completely rule it out, but like especially if he's looking for a, a substantial payday, it's kind of hard to see them having a reunion in, in free agency, I would say. Yeah, I mean, to me, it makes sense to sign Jacobs to um, a contract to United. We, we've been saying, I think, three three years is a sweet spot for Jacobs because you know you can lock him up, uh, gives him some security, and it he, and he's able to hit the free agency market at twenty seven, uh, still you know in his prime and still three years from thirty, which is a, a big number for, uh, for for running backs. And uh, with Denzel Perriman, you know, I, he he's had some good games, but the health factor is is a big factor. So I just think for that reason, you don't want to pay him a huge contract. And but I also think you know the health factor might deter other teams from offering him too big of a contract. So that might leave an opening for the Raiders to sign him to a relatively, 
reasonable deal. I mean, it, I think when he's on a field, he you definitely see the impact he has on a defense when he's on a field. The problem is he's just not on the field a lot. What kind of number would you give Jacobs? Three for 45, 48, 50? What do you think uh... – what do you think he com- he commands, and and how high would you be comfortable going on a on a three year deal? Uh, yeah, I think three for forty five somewhere in that range sounds like a pretty reasonable deal to me. Yeah, I mean you could probably set up the structure so that you know the, that third year is mostly non guaranteed. That's typically how that type of deal goes. And so I mean what what we said he'll go into next season at at twenty four twenty five or whatever. So I mean you're you're committing to him for really for a, a couple of years, um, giving him a good payday. Um, interesting to see what happens there. I mean, I think the season he had, you would like to see him back. Um, he, he definitely deserves it, but he deserves to make his money. So if he, if he can get a big deal, you know, a longer term, a bigger money deal somewhere else, um, you know, you, you imagine who will, uh, he'll go for that. But, uh, you certainly, if you're a Raider fan, you, you, you enjoyed watching him this year. All right, y'all. I think we are going to wrap it up here. We've been going for about an hour. Uh, apologize to the ones in the queue that we did not get to, but uh, we'll certainly do this again sometime in the off season. Um, we've got the combine coming up quickly. Uh, hopefully, we will. Uh, we'll, we'll aim to likely try to record a podcast from uh, from Indy if we can. We'll all uh, we will all be there in Indy and um, see what uh, see what happens the rest of this off season. Derek Carr is now a free agent. He. Uh, you know, he can sign with any team at any point. He does not have to wait till that March 15th start of free agency. He uh, he gets a jump start on it. Um, and we'll see where the Raiders go uh, from here at quarterback. But we appreciate everybody for tuning in. And uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, again sometime down the road. See it as a family. Thanks for tuning in. And, uh, one, 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 two, two three. Bye, bye Aaron Carr. Oh, that, was, that was terrible. Vic <laughs> didn't even participate. Vic didn't even join in. He's sleeping right now. You've known this guy for nine years, and you know, say bye. Jeez. He's still not motivated. No. No, 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 no bye, Derek Carr. It's like Mark know, Davis I, not making a statement. It's, 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 it's our equivalent of that. So there you go. I, know, I, I go back. I even I even covered Derek a little bit in college. I, uh, I, I think I, the first time I talked to him was like 2012, 2013, something like that. All right. Bye, Derek Carr. Bye, Derek Carr. I will remember. Later, guys. Bye, Derek Carr. <laughs>